continuing this morning a, a three-part series that we are calling mission-minded. And, and we're taking a look at what is, what is our mission, what is our vision for us as a church body. You know, why are we here? Why do we exist? What, you know, what, what, what is it about where, where God has placed us as, as a church? And at, right here at, at 41 degrees north, 38 minutes, 36 seconds north, and 86 degrees, 14 minutes, 46 seconds west. If, if you, last week we, we handed out these bracelets, it's got our name and, and our exact GPS coordinates on them. And if you did not get one or you weren't here last week, make sure you stop and, and grab one at the welcome desk on your way out. But, but we have these coordinates printed as a reminder of, no, this is where God has, has put us. This is where God has, has planted us and, and placed us right here at this very location. And, and if, you, if you were with us back at, at towards the beginning of, of the year, one of the things that I, that I shared at the very beginning of this year is that, that we felt like God was stirring our hearts about this being a, a season, this being a year of praying and listening and obeying, praying and listening and obeying. obeying. And, and I shared with you that, that one of the things that we've been talking about and wrestling with and, and praying about as a leadership team is who are we as a church today? Who, who are we as a church right now today in 2022? Not who we were in, in November 2019 when I began, not who we were in, in 2009 or 1999 or 1969, but who are we today? And throughout this year, we've taken time to pray. You know, we, we, every week in, in your bulletin, there, there's a prayer prompt card. We also have them at the, at the welcome desk. And, and outside of Jim's office, we have, we have a board that has all the different prayer cards of things we've, we've been praying for together as a church family over, over this year. It, and, it, and it really is kind of neat to look, go back and look at the things that, that God has uh, stirred in our hearts and put for, before us for us to be praying about. We, we did our prayer walk service a, a couple months back and, and just you know, walking through our neighborhood, neighborhood and praying for our community. We, we've, been, we've been listening. We've been listening. It's part of the reason that we did our, our lunches on the lawn. We did the, the date night and the stonies and the bonfire. Like Part of the reason we, we were wanting to get our church family together is to build connection, but also just to have conversation, to be listening. All right, where, where is our church family right now? What are the things that our, our, our people are, are walking through and dealing with? And, and, uh, and, and, and as we observe and, and listen to what our church has to say, we've had conversations over at Miami Hills over the summer when we were spending time over there talking with Monroe and hearing about they, their needs. One of the things Monroe was talking to us about is the, their need for, for mentors, mentors for, for some of their, their students there that just need some, some positive role models in, in their life. And, and I'm excited to share with you that we've had several people that have stepped forward here, right here in our church, and said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, I want to be one of those mentors to to our kids that are right here down the street from us. And, and so we've, we've been listening and, 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 and hearing, all right, what are the needs that, that are around us? What is it that God is asking? And, and so as a leadership team, the, the elders, the staff, and myself, we, we've been asking that question, who's Livingstone's church today? Who, who are we today? And, and we've had many conversations and meetings and discussions about who we are. What, what is our mission? What is our vision? What is our focus as as a church body. And, and in this series, we're, we're, we're going to be taking a look at and unpacking that question is who is Livingstone's church today? Now, now to kind of have a, a common language that we're speaking from, like companies and organizations and nonprofits, that, well, most of them, if not all of them, have some kind of mission statement, 
Uh, like, uh, that, that kind of, it, it's a brief summary that, that is used by a company to explain its existence. Why are we here? Why, why do we exist as, as an organization? What is it that we're aiming for? And if you remember last week, I shared with you Zig Ziglar's famous quote that if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every single time. And so a mission statement is kind of like painting that bullseye in a way of, all right, this is what we're aiming for. This is what we're endeavoring to do as an organization. Why do we exist? And I want to share just kind of a, a couple of different mission statements that are out there. So the Center for the Homeless right here in South Bend, their mission statement is to break the cycle of homelessness in the life of each individual that we serve. Coca-Cola's mission statement, to refresh the world and make a difference. Tesla's mission statement is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Elon Musk's other company, Twitter, for as long as it's around, their mission statement is to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. That, that's, that is why Twitter exists. The, the Chicago, even the Chicago Bears have a mission statement. I, 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 I'm just being honest with you. Like, I, even, even, so so I, I looked this up yesterday just because I wanted to be sure. I didn't want to tell you anything that's not accurate and not true. And the, and the Chicago Bears' mission statement is to ensure the Green Bay Packers will never finish in last place in the NFC North. We will proudly be the worst team in our division. And so even on a year like the Packers are having this year, the Bears are living up to that mission statement, and, I, and I'm appreciative of that. But, <laughs> but I, I would argue that even, even Jesus had a mission statement as well. That Jesus had a mission statement that, that he shared of, all right, this is why I'm here. This is why I am walking this earth. This is why I exist. And, and when Jesus, when he had an encounter with Zacchaeus, and, and if you remember the story of Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. But Zacchaeus, he, he was a corrupt tax collector and ended up robbing his, his own people, taking much more than, than they actually owed in, in taxes. And Jesus came, and he wanted to spend time with Zacchaeus. And, and when he did so, when he went to spend time with Zacchaeus, he faced some significant criticism. People, people were like, why in the world would you want to spend any time with this man, Zacchaeus, he, he's a thief. And the people started to, to murmur and to grumble like because, because this is a man that, that had wronged so many of them. And they were like, what, why would Jesus want to go and spend time with this crook? And in the middle of that, as after Jesus had spent time with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus, he, you know, he, he repented. He said, you know what? I, I'm going to give back four times the amount that, that I stole. And, and, he, and he wanted to rectify what had happened. And after he said that, Jesus, responding to those that were critical of him, responding to those that were criticizing the fact that he was spending time with, with this sinner, with this tax collector, Zacchaeus, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and this is my opinion. I think this kind of is, is Jesus' mission statement right here. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That, that's, that's why I'm here. I, Jesus said, all right, I'm here to seek and to save those who, who are lost. This was his reason for existence, why Jesus was here, what it was that he was there to do, his aim, his bullseye in a way. And he answers that. 
He, he answers that question, all right, why am I here with that statement, that one statement in Luke 19.10. And the word lost here is the Greek, the Greek word apulome, which really means that those who were excluded from the Messiah's kingdom. That, that, that's who Jesus came to serve. That's, that's who he came to save. Those, those who were being excluded from the kingdom of God. People like Zacchaeus. People like Bartimaeus, who, who was blind, who wouldn't have been allowed to worship in the temple. The, the, the man who was born lame, who was outside the beautiful gate, that he couldn't enter into the temple to worship God. Jesus came to seek and to save them. People that were excluded from the Messiah's kingdom, the outsiders, those who were broken, those who had a past, those who had screwed up so, so many times that they felt they were beyond redemption. Jesus came for all of them. And it was this mission that he had to seek and to save the lost. It was this mission that he had that influenced all that Jesus did. Like he reached out and touched those that nobody else wanted to touch. Those with leprosy. He, he went and he talked and talked to them. When everybody else put them outside the city gate, he went and interacted with them. He talked to and shared with women, which was not the norm at the time, especially women with a, with a sordid past, like the woman at the well or, or the woman who was caught in adultery. Like Jesus saved his harshest criticisms for the Pharisees, those who, who, th- those who went out of their way to exclude people from God's kingdom and whose pride created division between themselves and, and, and the unclean masses. He talked with the Roman centurion. You know, an occupying soldier who would have been completely despised in that moment. Jesus went out of his way to connect with and to talk with him. Like, Jesus' mission to seek and to save the lost, it influenced everything that he did. It was his mission. It was what he was all about. And so what about us? Like, what, what about us? What, what is our mission as Livingstone Church? What is our, our reason for existing? Like, we, we aren't here to be just a, a, a social club to, just for something to do or belong to, a place to gather on a Sunday morning with people that, that we like and, and who, who are kind of like us. Last week, I talked a little bit about DNA and, and just that, that idea that, that each one of us, we have our own DNA, our, our unique genetic information that makes us who we are. And as I share with you our, our mission statement here at, at Livingstone's, our DNA as, as a church hasn't, has not changed at all. The, the, way we, the way we verbalize it, the way maybe we focus that DNA might be slightly different. And so I, I want to share with you that the, our, our mission statement as Livingstone's Church, that is the elders and the staff and myself as we've been praying and listening and working through what this means. And we believe this is what God has called us to do, what our mission is here right here in South Bend in 2022, to partner in God's mission of love, reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people as we invite others on this journey of grace. It's, it's why we're here. It's why we exist. We, we exist to partner in God's mission of love, reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people as we invite others in this journey of grace. And I want to break this down a, a little bit for us here, that that. That I, the very first statement in there is that we are partners with God in the mission, in His mission of love, of what He is accomplishing right here in our midst. That, that nothing that we are about as a church should be about building our own name and building our own brand. 
bringing attention to ourselves, but we are partners with God in what it is that He's trying to do, what, what God is up to right here in our midst. Like, we, we have no desire to do our own thing, having our own plans and dreams, and then asking God to bless what, what it is that we want to do. God, we, we want to partner. We want to be a part of what you are already doing. We're joining what God is already up to and humbly participating along with him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul writes about this, this, this same idea of partnership. He says, as God's co-workers that we are partnering with God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And, and there's, there's many, many, many examples, especially in the New Testament, that talk about our, our partnership, our working alongside God, working with God in what it is that he is doing and accomplishing working alongside him, that, that anything that we're doing or desire to do needs to fall in line with God's mission of love for his people right here in this, in this area. It's our aim. It's, it's, we're painting our bullseye. And, and what is God's mission? In some ways, I talked about it earlier when I, when I was referencing Jesus' mission statement himself, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost, those who were excluded from God's kingdom. Like we're sharing and we are advancing the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. And everything we do, we want to be about partnering. God, what is it that you're already up to? What is your heart? And we want to join in with that. Paul, Paul said in Romans 14 that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. As we, as we share the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, I read a, a quote from, his name is John, excuse me, James Falding, and he, he's written a couple of different books. He wrote one book called An Unhurried Life and, and another book called An Unhurried Leader. And he says this about the kingdom of God. He said, too often our thinking about growing as a follower of Jesus is focused on our activities for God. But God invites us to cultivate humble receptivity, which would then give birth to holy activity. Humble receptivities that will give birth to holy activity. Obedience is then a response to grace. Surrender is then a response to love. And so when we talk about sharing the kingdom of God and, and, the, and God's mission of love right here in our midst. That, that's what we're talking about. That, that we're not striving to, to create, you know, recreate the wheel and do our own thing. No, no, we're partnering with God in what it is that He is already up to. And at the end of the service today, we're going to sing a song that has really meant so much to me lately. It's called Simple Kingdom. That, that God's kingdom is, is, not, is not complicated, and, and it flies counter to the ways and, and the norms of this world, and that's what we've been called to share with others around us. The, the next part of our mission statement, if you can put it back up on the screen, is, is reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people. Reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people. And, and I wanted to, to make sure we included the word reflecting in, in, our, in our mission statement here because of, of the connotations that this word brings. And, and for those of us that grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, who remembers the show Quantum Leap? Yeah, all right, it, like... 
my mom, like, we watch the show religiously in, in our house. And, and so for those that maybe are, are unaware, the, the kind of the Cliff Notes version is the, the, there's a physicist, his name is Sam Beckett, and he would travel through time and he would take the place of other people in, and so he would kind of enter into their bodies and correct some, some wrongs some historical mistakes that happened in, in their life. And so he would just kind of travel from person to person and, and live out a portion of, of their life, hopefully correcting some of the historical mistakes that had happened in there. And, and, it, and it sounds kind of strange, but, but what would happen is when, when Dr. Beckett, when he would look in the mirror, he wouldn't see himself. He would see the reflection of the person that he had come into and, and was living in their bodies. So here's just an example of that. The, so when he would look in the mirror, he didn't see Sam Beckett. He saw the, the face of the person that he was inhabiting, so, so to speak. And that's kind of the heart of, of this next part of our mission statement, is that when people look at us, that they would not see Pat Malloy. They, they, they would not see any of us as individuals, but when they look at us, that they would see a true, genuine reflection of Jesus Christ, that they, that they would see us in, in the way that we talk, the way that we act, the way that we think and, and interact with those around us, that we are sharing the heart, that we are reflecting the heart of Jesus to those around us, that, that, that we reflect Jesus's priorities in all, in all that we do. And we, and we can learn about what, what the heart of Jesus is by reading the words that Jesus said. Like if you, if you read through the four gospels you, and you read the words in red, in your Bible, it will, it will share with you what is, what is the heart of Jesus. And we're, when we talk about reflecting the heart of Jesus to those around us, Jesus' words, the words in red, give us a, give us a glimpse, give us an understanding of what, what is the heart of Jesus, what, it, what are his priorities. And, and to give you just a, a brief taste of this, I want, I want to read to you the introduction to the most famous sermon that was ever given, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount with what is commonly called the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And I, and I, just, I want you just to, as, as I'm reading this, I want you just to let this sink in, that these are, th this is the heart of Jesus. The, these are Jesus' priorities. And then if we're serious about reflecting the heart of Jesus to those around us, that they, these would become our priorities as well. He says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. But rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And we reflect this to all, to people around us. Those that, that are broken in spirit, those, those that are, are, are meek, those that are humble, those that are merciful, those that are peacemakers, those who are hungry and thirsting after righteousness. 
Like I, like I mentioned earlier, Jesus' heart is for those who, who are often excluded from participating in, in the kingdom of God. And, and we reflect Jesus' heart not just to the people that we like, not just to the people who look, think, believe, vote, act, just like us, but we share it with everybody, all people, regardless of who they are, regardless of what their, their past is, regardless of, of what their present is, regardless of whether their sin is different than our sin, that we reflect the heart of Jesus to all people, no matter what. And the final part of that mission statement is, as we invite others on this journey of grace. As we invite others onto this journey of grace. Ultimately, we want people to join us as we journey towards God together. And this is not about, like, getting people to start coming to Livingstone's Church, although, you know, that, that's certainly something for us to desire. But in the end, that's not the ultimate goal. We, we want... We want to walk alongside people. We want people walking alongside us. That, that is, wherever people are on their faith journey, and, and, and maybe they, they, they completely reject the idea of, of God. Maybe they, maybe, they, maybe they just have questions. Say, all right, I feel like there's probably something out there, but I don't know what that is. Maybe they're fully committed. Like everybody we encounter is at a different place in their walk and their journey of faith. And then we walk alongside them. We, we ask them to join us in our journey. We join them in, their, in theirs. We, we talk often about inviting people to this table that it, that, and, and this table that we experience communion in where, where we get to experience the kingdom of God together. That, that's what this is all about. Inviting people on this journey of grace. And I wanted to make sure that we included that, that we are on a journey of grace, because if there's one thing I think we can all probably agree to when we look around, we live in a very graceless world. And the grace of God is truly inspiring. It, it's, it's true, it, it draws us, it, 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 it speaks to us, it ministers to us, because we're surrounded by gracelessness in so many different areas of our life. The, the Hebrew word for grace, and I'm going to do my best Hebrew pronunciation, is chen. And that word, that word chen has many, several different meanings. Grace as, as beauty, think, things that are, that are beautiful, that, that, we, that we get to experience the, the beauty of God that's all around us, that we can see in the lives of those around us, that we can see in, in just the handiwork of God and, and the things that He has done and things that He's made. The word chen means favor, the favor of God, that we can experience that in, in our lives and the lives of those around us. We, we want people to, to participate and be a part of that. Chen means being favorable towards people of lower status, de demonstrating mercy. There, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, the word grace in Hebrew is a, is a beautiful word that, that has so many different meanings and connotations to it. And we get the opportunity to have other people journey with us, and we journey with them as we're walking this out, this, this journey of grace together. And in Exodus chapter 34, 6, God describes himself as compassionate and, and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. 
And as we reflect the heart of Jesus to those, to those around us, as we reflect that heart of Jesus to those in our midst, those that we encounter at work or, or wherever we are, that we would reflect his grace and his compassion, that we would also be slow to anger, abounding in love. Like that, that is our reason for existing as a church. That, that's, why, that's why we're here, our, our reason for being, to partner in God's mission of love, reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people as we invite others on this journey of grace. Like that, that's our heartbeat. Who we aspire to be and what we aspire to do as a church body. And so I want to close with a, with a final thought here this morning. And, and, I, and I mentioned earlier about this, the idea of us passing our faith on to the next generation and training them up is not the responsibility of just one person, but it's, it's, a, it's a responsibility we all share together, that, we are all, that we're all a part of, that, we, that every one of us, whether we have kids or not, we are a part of training and teaching those who are coming up in, in the faith but the same thing applies for all of us for the mission of, of our church and mission of Living Stones Church, that this isn't something that, that just me as, as the pastor is seeking to embody. It's not just something for, for our elders or for our staff, those who are in leadership to, to embody. But this is who we all are as a church, as a body of believers. And so my, my, my prayer and my request is that if Living Stones is your church home, that this would become your mission as well. Partnering in God's mission of love, reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people as we invite others in this journey of grace. That that wouldn't just be the mission of, of us in leadership, but it would be all of our mission. Like we're partnering in God's mission of love, that we are reflecting the heart of Jesus to all people and inviting others in this journey of grace it's not just something that we, we live out here on a Sunday morning while we're in this building, but wherever we go, we take this mission with us. Because we, like, we, we feel like this mission is truly the heart of Jesus. That isn't just something on a Sunday morning we put on, but it's, this, is, this is a mission that we carry with us wherever we go. And next, next Sunday, we're going to unpack the kind of the how. What are the, what are the nuts and bolts of how, how do we go about endeavoring to live out the, this mission. But, but I, I just ask right now that, that if you can identify with, with this mission statement right here, what it is that God has called us to do, if you can I, identify with that, if, if, you, if you hear that, if you're on board with it, I, I just I ask, would you just raise your hand right now? If you say, all right, yeah, that, I see that. I, I'm in with that. Praise God. I, I want to just pray for us right now. Father, I, I, I just love you so very much, and, I, and I'm so incredibly grateful for your love and for your grace, Lord. Thank you, God, for, for this church, God, for its history, for its mission, Lord. Thank you, God, for the way that you ha have orchestrated it and, and put things in place, Lord, that you, you've set us right here in, in this residential neighborhood. You've put us right here at this time for this specific purpose, Lord, that we, we're not here by mistake. But God, every one of us, Lord, we have a part to play in, in carrying out this mission of, of partnering with you in your mission of love. God, reflecting your heart to all people. And, and, and as we journey with, with, with others along the way, 
on this journey of grace that we invite people along with that. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us as, as a church body to live that out, to carry that out. Lord, that that would be our bullseye, that, that when, we, when we pray about, when we think about our, what, what are we doing? How do we go about living this out, Lord, that it would all come back to this thought, this idea. How do we partner with you? How do we reflect your heart? And how do we invite others in this journey of grace with us? Lord, I, I pray for us as a, as a church body, as a church family. Lord, that you would unite our hearts and our minds around the, this rallying cry. Lord, that you would help us to, to live this out, Lord, that we don't want to just come in on Sunday morning and put in our time and do our thing. But God, we want to truly be a part of what it is that you are up to, what you're doing right here in our midst. God, that you would open our eyes to see beyond what we can see in the natural, Lord. You would give us your eyes for your people, your heart, for the people that aren't here yet. Your heart for those that, that are on a different place in their journey and their walk of faith than we're at right now. God, in the same way that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, Lord, that that would be our, our heart. For those that are far from you, those, those who feel excluded from the kingdom of God, that we would open our arms and welcome them in and journey with them together. God, I believe you have great things in store for Livingstone's church. I believe you have great things in store for our church family, Lord, and it is a, it is a privilege. It's, it's a humbling privilege to be invited into that with you. So, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to move in our church family. God, we love you and we are so incredibly grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.